Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians. All while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. Now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samara Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. And good morning. Oh, so glad to be here. Bright and early. Yes, I was early. You be bright. Yes, I'll have to be bright because I think I got nothing for me. I got every red light on the way. I was like, "What? No!" Usually I'm that flying. So yeah, you driving your little Mustang convertible today? Not today. Well, not right now, but I will this weekend. Yes, Uh, this may be the last weekend. This is such a spectacular weekend. Mm, I live near the beach, so it's those dark days around the corner. That's right. Oh. So, but oh. I'll take those too because then that's homemade soup time. And I, tell you, I was out on the trail this morning. It was cold. My hands. Oh. I was wishing I was wearing gloves. <laughs> wow! So it's going to be eighty in the afternoon. Eighty. That's right. I don't know what it was this morning, but it was chilly out on the trail. Okay. It's a refreshing period. Yeah. We'll yeah. take it. I mean, it's refreshing. Fall is coming. Yes, yeah. fall yeah. is coming. Almost fell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning. I'm Lynette. Dr. Jerry Mixon here. And you can tell by that low voice. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> Just making fun of the handicap. Oh, never, uh, never. I... Dr. Michael Gilbert, our eye specialist. And he is here for all of your eye questions and Dr. all Gilbert of those is things. A ophthalmologist par excellence oh and the choir director <laughs> yes. just gave from those wow. vocal cords of his yes so, <laughs> all right oh wow <laughs> anyway this is good so we are here september is here uh fall right around the corner two actually two weeks from today is the official start of fall yeah a little later than normal september 23rd instead of the 21st 22nd so Hmm. yeah just so you know and i was pleasantly surprised this morning coming in to the leading edge studios and i had a green bottle oh and a blue bottle and they weren't bubbles it's like christmas and all kinds of colors it is dr mixon we have story to tell I think so. Dr. Mixon has something brand new, and it looks like it's going to be ready or is ready for everyone. Well, no, this is just some new packaging and stuff for some of the products that we're doing with the Relief Factor Company. But these will stand out. Yeah. That was the idea. Okay. So they don't look like your standard sort of vitamins. Okay. So one is for sleep. One is for sleep, which we are... We've had for a while, and I love... 
Love, love. Yeah, they sleep by by relief factor. But that one is we're renaming to Z. Z. So you catch your Z's at night. Makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And that goes in a blue bottle for oh, nighttime. For nighttime. Then we have one we're calling Go Factor. In the green bottle. It is grow green for go. Yes. And that one is uh, basically I, I started with the formula for the five hour energy. And I took out three-fourths of the caffeine so people wouldn't get so jittery. <laughs> yes. And instead of putting it in a liquid, I put it into three little capsules to let you titrate the dose to your personal needs. So small people that are sensitive could take one. People that are more medium-sized can take two. And if you're a full-size person like me, you can go to three. You can go to three. And But I kept it safe enough so that even the college students, who will take six, just because... Because <laughs> they are. Well, I must right. double it. Yeah, because I'm you invincible. can't fix youthful stupidity. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> That's right. The only thing that fixes youthful, youthful stupidity is aging. Uh-huh. You know, you kind of eventually you grow up and say, I probably shouldn't do that. Not everyone. Yes. That's true. Mm. That's true. Well, and I have still been known to have some youthful <laughs> oh. exuberances in my life. Oh. No. <clears throat> yes. No. Yeah. Oh, now, my, my wife and daughter are going to be in uh, in China for 18 days over Christmas. Oh. And, uh, since, and you're not going? And I'm not going. I'm oh. looking for what I'm going to do during that break. Uh-oh. And oh, boy. Some of the things I've come up with, she, my wife has kind of said, no, 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 I don't want you getting hurt. But uh, <laughs> Probably all the things <clears throat> on the list. <laughs> Most of them, actually, but we all know I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Hella skiing, uh, glacier. <laughs> hella skiing is on the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, f- flying up to Nome, Alaska, though, to for the Iditarod. Uh, oh, yes. Could be oh. fun. Or the other extreme, heading down to the Caribbean to spend two weeks kite surfing in 80-degree water. Yeah. Could yeah. be a whole lot of fun. Whoa. Fantastic. Uh, you know, I have not jumped out of airplanes for years because I I, uh, I got insured. Uh, my The company bought a key man insurance on me uh-huh. for some reason. Right, they of think, course. They think Imagine I'm important. That. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, the insurance company said... Um, airplanes. If I'm going to insure you for that <laughs> amount of money, here's the list of no-nos. And so they told me no motorcycles. Yeah. I'm oh. not supposed to fly my own airplane. Oh. I'm not allowed to jump out of airplanes anymore. No uh, crash know, derbies. They gave me this yeah. whole long list of, of no-nos uh, that otherwise would violate my insurance policy. Um, <clears throat> but that policy is lapsing. Oh. <laughs> December 1st. Uh-oh. Wow. Does anybody know? Well, I guess everyone knows that now. So can you ride your motorcycle to the airport where you fly your plane and jump and out? And jump out. Right. You got that what you're that's planning that's to do on, on the 2nd, right? And, and then when he lands, he'll si- sign the new policy. Right. I have a similar policy, but then there's my wife, whose rules are very much stricter than that policy. You got it, yeah. She made me oh, give up boy. my motorcycle. That's okay, right. well, I love that kiteboarding and uh, hell, uh, you know I did a rod are still uh, in the mix. They're still in oh, yeah. the mix, okay. although she wants me to do something sedate. She says, "Why don't you just take a cruise through the Caribbean, Doctor Mixon? A cruise, a cruise yeah, with old people? No, wait a minute. I'm doing one with girlfriends in in two weeks. So, well, you leave your husband at home. That may not be as calm a cruise as you have in mind. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, well, it'll be fun to see what you decide to do at yes, Christmas so time. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I am browsing the internet looking for ways, Adventures. ways yes. to, to satisfy my adrenaline rush okay. this December. Okay, and leave the girl factor at home. <laughs> Just last night, we were, had a family dinner, and I was talking to my son, who is now working with me as an eye surgeon, and um, grandson. And we were talking about the possibility uh, my daughter-in-law suggested we do fishing up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like fun, but actually I had a notion that we might go Porsche racing at a oh, racetrack yes. in Alabama, oh. which I've done and love. And the guys got very excited, and my daughter-in-law kind of sunk like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, I know. Oh, lectures are coming. Oh, boy. They can't help being male. <laughs> yes. And I just are. And, you know, it's it, it's one of those things. Our society seems to want men to be women with penises. No, no. And, 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 and they consider the penis optional. And oh, so, you know. Yes, uh, not this woman. <laughs> yeah, the, reality, the reality is 50% of the mammals on this earth are male. Wow. Wow. And since it's about fifty percent, yeah, it's wow. a fifty-fifty, and so our drives, our desires, our instincts, our wants are every bit as normal as women's, and for some reason, our society has trouble coming to grips with that. Uh, that male is not toxic; male just is male. Yeah, I do the Iditarod <laughs> in a heartbeat. You know. <laughs> Surely this is a pendulum phenomenon. Yes. Jerry, mm-hmm. that will come back. I hope so. Well, but, you know, I'm getting so old, and I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. come on, people. Get out of your fantasy lives and That's recognize right. biology. Uh-huh. It is what it is, whether you like it or not. There you go. Wow. <laughs> and we are what we are, whether you like it or not. There we go. Wow, what a start to the medical show oh, today. I think we just lost Leading half of edge, the real listenership. Well, you know what I need to do is give the phone numbers so that oh, you can so get we can your talk to real people. In. Let's do that. 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. And while we're waiting for that first call, though, whether you want to talk about the eyes and all. Of course. Yes, the eyes with Dr. Michael Gilbert here. Um, maybe you've got questions or recently diagnosed with something you don't quite understand or that's something your parents had and now you've got it and uh, um, or uh, aging related questions and or medical. you've just seen something on the internet or in the news that so is this real uh, yeah that it, that's right kind of piques your curiosity then we want you to give us a call, 800-465-8770. And Dr. Mixon, we just talked about what's new with the uh, relief factor and for longevity with the go factor and the Z factor. And the Zen factor. Z factor, yes. Okay, so what else is new? Anything making headlines? Today I had somebody ask me the other day about COVID and how scared they were. Oh, no, I'm worried. And they were they were tending to freak out a bit. And it's like, oh, no, no. Well, actually, you know, if, if you are on cancer chemotherapy or radiation, um, you know, or you are... 88 years old and fragile and losing weight and you're headed for the nursing home, you have a reason to, to, maybe to put on to your N95 out. mask and say, I think I want to protect myself. Although reality is the variants we're seeing right now, um, you're in more danger from the flu than you are from, from the current versions of COVID. So, you know, but 
the newest versions, we don't know how dangerous they are yet. We are seeing some new ones pop up. But, you know, the last several variants, the last three or four variants have been virulent. That is, they, 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 they spread easily. But they've been very mild illnesses for the vast majority of the population. They are, they are basically morphing into the common cold uh-huh. for the vast majority of us. We're not seeing it much in the ERs. No. Okay. Maybe people aren't testing as much either because they don't have those big symptoms. Well, and they don't. You know, when you get a cold, you get a cold, and uh-huh. that's just it. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not terribly worried about the the COVID, uh, the mask mandates. Yes, uh, you know the the mask mandates bug me just because they weren't uh, they weren't legal and constitutional the first time around, and they won't be legal now, especially when we don't really have any kind of you know discernible emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's just the way it goes. Aside from those which might be declared. Yes, but right. that, but once more, those are not real emergencies. Those <laughs> yes. are political power grabs. Yeah. Mm. You know, if I declare an emergency, I can violate the Constitution. You shouldn't have set them up, and, should I? Yeah, yeah and, and, that's okay. Well, but you know, we just we, <laughs> we just saw that in Albuquerque this weekend. Mm. Albuquerque, New Mexico. the The governor has decided that uh, she has a gun emergency in the in the city of Albuquerque, and so she has by declaration, by declaring an emergency, has said that your constitutional right to own or carry a firearm with or without a permit is null and void for the next month in Albuquerque. She Hmm. just said, you know, citizens who carry guns will be arrested. Um, Wow. Remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, Second Amendment does not apply in Albuquerque for the next 30 days or however long the governor decides to expand her emergency. Hmm. And, of course, they can get a list of everyone who owns them legally. And will they go to their homes and try to take them? And Well, right now, her thing is you can't carry You them. can't carry. You okay. can't carry. Whether you have a permit or not, you cannot carry. Now, of course, the gangbangers and the drug addicts and the dealers right. that are doing the shooting – are not it's illegal to run around shooting people already and so right, one right. more law is not going to dissuade them no that's not going <laughs> to no, stop it they're not worried about a fine when when they're right. committing murders yes that's true <laughs> so, oh boy oh uh, well okay well if you happen to be planning to go to alba albuquerque, albuquerque and leave your weapon at home leave your weapon at home yeah. so last night as i was thinking about uh, well what's what's interesting what do you think will come up and I thought, well, we often talk about rapamycin. I'm interested in rapamycin. Okay. And the, our rapamycin guru, um, as, it, uh, as it challenges aging, and I thought, huh, I wonder if there's any data on rapamycin and the impact on uh, macular degeneration. And you took a look and found and out I that indeed. I did indeed <gasps> take a look. And so I, with a big grin, um, I ended up staying up later than I expected because <laughs> I said, oh, isn't this interesting? I regret the only powerful data that's really promising is in rats. Of course. But we always human, rats first. human data, they were injecting it into the eyes, which... Why? I, yeah. Well, I can tell you all of the anti-vascular endothelial growth factor Ooh, drugs are injected into the eye. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, and they're very effective. Mm-hmm. And so it was thought that the mechanism might be similar here. I'm more excited about the preventative aspect 
mm-hmm. as I'm sure you are. Yep. And uh, so I was fascinated and optimistic based on animal data, but you know I'm, we're waiting for something to yeah. to to be a little more clinically viable. But right. mm. no, I, I always am a little jaundiced about the rat data, you know, because if humans functioned like rats, we'd have cured cancer <laughs> long ago. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, some they, do, but they, well, yeah. they do, but they they generally hold public office. Yes. Um, <clears throat> It's a bad day for politics. Isn't yeah, it? not today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but the reality is, yeah, the animal studies, you're right, are extremely encouraging Very for almost everything. Yep, right. Um, but, you know, the human data is still yeah, lacking, lacking, still out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, right. and a huge gap, actually, in terms of published data. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, humans are expensive to experiment on. Yeah. And you need very long-term data. Rats, they only live an average of 25 weeks, or 25 months, rather. And so you can take an elderly rat, which is 20 months old. Wow. And in the next five or six months, you can see the impact. That's the reason that the the rat data is useful. Macular degeneration is so slowly progressive over years, decades. Right. That trying to follow people and get meaningful data and report it is... Because they drop out. Right. You know? Yeah. There we go. Wow, lots of things we could discuss today on Leading Edge Medicine. I'm Lynette, back with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Michael Gilbert. And your questions, we're going to talk in just a moment. Uh, Here's the number, 800-465-8770. We'll be right back. Aging gracefully is a terrible option. Learn to live to your fullest potential. It's a lot more fun. Call now with your questions at 1-800-465-8770. That's 1-800-465-8770. And stay tuned for more of the show. Pete Talbot here again for a good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Gilbert of Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. My wife Vicki and I have been seeing him for over 20 years, but most importantly, Michael and his entire medical team are simply amazing, offering what virtually no other clinics offer, an advanced ocular exam. Honestly, it's like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek compared to the typical eye exam you're used to. For nearly 40 years now, I've been researching and interviewing physicians throughout the country. And I can tell you whether it's LASIK, RLE, refractive cataract surgery, retina or dry eye problems, without question. Dr. Gilbert and all the doctors at Northwest Vision Institute are some of the most advanced in the Pacific Northwest. To schedule your advanced ocular exam, go to nwvision.com, nwvision.com, or you can call 425-450-2020, 425-450-2020. This is Dr. Jerry Mixon. If you want to stay healthier longer, well, I'm the guy to help you with that goal. If you want to stay out of a nursing home without becoming a burden on your loved ones, Rajiv Nagayich is the one you need. No one can help you plan your future as well as Rajiv. And this is because he's done the original research on the subject and developed a solution no one else has except his patients. Trust me, he's different. He's helped me with my long-term financial planning, and I've helped him with his long-term health plans. You really should check him out. He still does seminars, and they're free. Invest an hour with him and walk away with a lifetime of peace of mind. There are three seminars scheduled for September. Register at lifepointlaw.com. That's lifepointlaw.com. Register today. If the devil danced in empty pockets, he'd have a ball in mind. 
With a nine foot grin, the ten piece band and a twelve through four's line. I'd race in a three piece suit, give one dance for And welcome back, it's Leading Edge Medicine. And the Boot Scoot Boogie, is that right? Is that what we're hearing? No, I'm just no. kidding. No, it's a different song. But you could probably do that to this song. Yeah, yeah no, that, kind one, of- that one is uh, uh, If the Devil Danced in Empty Pockets. Okay, I was not as wow. familiar with that song. So yeah. no, the, the lyrics are something like, If the Devil Danced in, in Empty Pockets, He'd Have a Ball in Mine. <laughs> with, a, with a nice, what was it, with a nine-foot grand, ten-piece band, and twelve-girl chorus line. Okay. <laughs> yeah, who picked that song? <laughs> welcome welcome to can, Leading yeah, Edge Medicine. I can, I can tell you. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on this show, and we love it when you call in. You're part of our show. You're why we're here every Saturday morning, live in the studio. And you can call in with your questions, especially if you've got questions uh, concerning your eye health. Uh, we have Dr. Michael Gilbert in the studio from Northwest Vision Institute. He is my doctor and Dr. Mixon's doctor. Yes, he is. Yes, yes. So if you have questions, 1-800-465-8770 for Dr. Gilbert or Dr. Mixon. We're going to head to Maple Valley and start the show with John. Welcome, John. Good morning. Morning, John. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Um, I have two questions, one for Dr. Mixon and then one for Dr. Gilbert, who just recently became my eye doctor. Ah. Um, So, Dr. Mixon, my wife suffers from severe um, arthritis on the top of both, and she's been using Relief Factor, which definitely helps. And her physician just suggested that we consider low-dose naltroxone. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Naltrexone. Naltrexone, And yeah. we were concerned whether that's, first of all, I'd never heard of it, and whether that's something that um, is even worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about. In fact, it might be worth trying. Um, mm-hmm. MDs don't use much low-dose naltrexone. Uh, the naturopathic guys use a whole lot of it. Yeah, uh, this guy's a naturopath. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have both MDs and NDs in my clinic. And so we, we get to discuss this sort of stuff back and forth. Um, and even within my clinic, my, my NDs are more likely to write it than my MDs. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> high dose naltrexone is, you know, normally used for people with drug addictions to turn things over. Um, but in, in low doses, there is some preliminary data showing that it seems to have a wide variety of, of impact uh, as a anti-inflammatory. Uh, so I do know a fair number of folks are using it for arthritic problems, chronic back pain, headache, uh, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, generally the low dose is in the neighborhood of four milligrams to, you know, eight or ten milligrams at a time. These are tiny, yeah, tiny doses. Yeah, I think doses. he's talking about a four and a half milligram dose. Yeah. So these are almost over-the-counter sort of doses, and it's it's one of those things you can try. It, the okay. chances of it harming you are infinitesimal. Very, very low okay. dose. Uh, very, very low risk of problems with it. So, you know, if, if we think that it's not going to hurt and it does have any reasonable chance of helping, why not? Give it a shot. Right. You know, try right. it for two months and see what happens. 
When you're dealing with things that decrease inflammatory reactions, you have to give it enough time to work. Okay. Uh, What people forget is they they say, well, I took the pill and an hour later I didn't feel better. You know, we have this. We have the same complaint with the relief factor. It works by decreasing inflammation. And so depending on how much inflammation you're producing and how much your pain is from inflammation versus nerve irritation or something, um, it may take a month or two to work. So, you know, be patient. If you want to give it a try, feel free. I I have no real concerns or worries about it. It's not going to hurt her. But... Try it for at least two months before you decide. If yeah, it's he, he suggested three months. So yeah, and that's all right, I think we'll that's a we'll perfectly that. reasonable thing. Okay. Okay. All right. And um, Dr. Gilbert, sir, I came. You're you're. I'm scheduled for surgery here in a few weeks with you. Okay. And great. I came in for my measurements the other day, and I was diagnosed with something <clears throat> I never heard of. Um. We did an eyelid scraping yes. because they're having some trouble getting a measurement. Right. And she told me it was something called Demonex blepharitis. D-E-M-O-D-E-X. Yes. Okay. Some kind of mite. It is. It's very common. Not necessarily serious, but it can be a low-grade irritant. Uh, oftentimes very difficult to reverse. But it's fun to, uh, uh, when we make the diagnosis, it's fun to uh, actually look it up on the Internet because they have pictures of this mite. The mite loves, of all of the places on the body, loves to set up housing in the, in the uh, base of the eyelash. And because some of the meibomian gland secretions rest there, and it's warm and it's thick, and so those uh, those mites can um, can rest there, and they can be a low grade irritant to the surface of the eye. In terms of your measurements, it's that meibomian gland secretion that's more important than actually having some mites as part of your your normal flora, whether they're um, whether they get to the point where they're out of control or not. So such mites can be can be treated. Um, there are some, yeah. So um, Lynette was just looking oh, them up on the internet. I always look and, up stuff that, and, that and, oh my. Uh, and that's great. And if you go to the videos. No, I, this, I was afraid to go to the videos. Demodex, <laughs> D-E-M-O-D-E-X. And you can see pictures on the internet, but the, oh. the videos are even more fun. And you can find them actually. Wow. They, they take videos of them crawling on lashes. So when I want to motivate someone to, to try <laughs> and uh, clear this up, I show them uh, both the picture of um, the, the mites uh, on their lashes and a picture of the internet to show them that it's the same thing. So I don't think that it's a, it's a concern for your surgery at all. This is part of okay. normal flora. But if, depending on the degree, it can be part of the dry eye that inter- in, interferes with the best of measurements. So ways that we bring it under control, um, they, they probably got you started on that. There is a treatment where we actually use uh, tea tree oil-based um, uh, antibacterial foam that um, that helps to kill them, but then also mechanically remove them from the surface. Then we work on keeping them from coming back, and that has right. more to do with the uh, uh, with improving those gland secretions. 
And also they talked about the FDA either just recently or is about to approve about treatment to. for this. That's right. About to. And and so, of course, there's, um, you know, the, the drug, drug company that has this new drug coming uh, has put a lot of effort in educating um, because this is a very common condition. Uh, so they're hoping for uh, a lot of utilization of their drug. But we have not really seen um, actual uh, actual uh, samples or, um, or or even really good data. We do have a lot of people talking about it. So I think that's coming. Uh, whether it'll be more effective than our current treatments, um, I really haven't seen. But uh, optimistic, because it would be nice to have something that is a little easier and more definitive uh, and can help it from uh, coming back, because oftentimes it's, uh, it's a recurrent condition. Okay. All right. And, um, but if you want to get so motivated to clean it up, take a look at those videos on I'm the ready internet. to go wash, yeah. you know, take my eye makeup yeah. off right now. I, I, <laughs> I promise you, I, I, you, know, you want to motivate someone to, to clean yeah. it up, show them the video. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they well, look I've like little salamanders. Mites. I've looked at mites for other parts of skin. They're all over us. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why I say yes. If they're out of control, then it can be a problem. It's, you know, but if you tell someone that they have them and actually show them that it's not just right. my opinion, because I have, you know, remember, you remember the cameras on my, on my microscopes, I show people their problems. And so right. I can show them the mites and then I show them the video on the other screen. And so I'm, I think <laughs> in so doing that we, uh, we have a pretty good motivation factor. That is very right. good motivation. Right. You mean right. that's crawling on my eye? Holy <laughs> no. cow. Right. Oh, they are kind of cute. No, salamander kind of. Not way. really. No. Okay, maybe. No, they're like scary. They're scary looking when yeah. you magnify them. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, if you if you're lonely and you need a pet, there you, you go. Have, you always have these with you. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah, they can, they can start they can. naming them until right. they outlaw them in uh, New Mexico. <laughs> now, I, I have a question, and maybe John, yes. you've already asked this: Are they contagious? No. So, okay, so your spouse sleeping next to you in right. bed can't not no. get them, like a pink eye or something or, like that. You know, they're uh, they're ubiquitous, sort of like staph bacteria. Okay. And the real question is, do you have you created an environment where they uh, they multiply and prosper? They enjoy thriving. So you wow. try and keep your eyes, your uh, glands, all clean and clear enough uh, that they don't set up house there. Okay. Right. Well, I I did the. Um the treatment you have there with the little kind of right. eye massage squeeze. Oh, yeah. yes. that, essentially a debridement of that area. It just right. clears it all off and then also right. chemically clears it. Um, but, of course, it can recur because it is on your skin. Right. That's right. just where they where they go to yeah. collect to uh, to breed. So, as yeah, nasty so now as that I sounds. have, you know, they educated me about the, uh, the little scrubs along yep. with the compress, which I was already doing. But... Yep. Um, so that that's the path. Um, we're going to try again for some measurements next week. So Perfect. Hopefully that works. Do the hot, do the hot compresses uh, first thing in the morning. Make sure to blink after the hot compresses. Right. That makes them the most effective on those glands. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you both. Yes, sir. Have a good day. Thank you, John. I don't think we talked about that before. That was no, very informative. Yeah. Why is it that suddenly my eyebrows itch? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just want to go take all my eye makeup off and scrub. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I promise you, you'll be motivated to scrub those eyebrows and eyelashes with that video. I just had friends sending me, oh, my God. 
gosh. Yeah. On my uh, yeah, they're running to the mirror right now. So definitely, we'll take so a break. You it's can something do that. you cannot see in the mirror. Okay. But if you ask, I can show it to you in my microscope cameras. Okay, you so know I will. You'll be able to see your lashes. Oh, oh no, maybe somebody else's. Okay, on that thought. With the I mites, uh, we're going to take. <laughs> Sorry, reading my texts. Uh, I, we will take a quick break. We will be back with more of your calls. If you have an eye question, this is the day because Dr. Michael Gilbert is here from Northwest Vision Institute, and of course, Dr. Jerry Mixon here too. And we will be back with Hilmer and also with Lee. Stay right there. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Listen to past programs by going to lmclinic.com. Call in now at 1-800-465-8770. That's 1-800-465-8770. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425 425- 251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Sometimes you lead. Sometimes you follow. Don't worry about what you don't know. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Medicine. The doctors are talking behind the scenes. We have Dr. Jerry Mixon here in the studio live today. Also, Dr. Michael Gilbert. Quick text question concerning uh, the eye mites. Yes, ma'am. Um, can you get redness like a rash from the mites? Or what are the symptoms if you were to have them? Or is it only the it eye It is doctor? often associated with dry eye symptoms. Okay. And what we have talked about is meibomian gland dysfunction. So yes. Um, because that's associated with those thicker secretions. Okay. The, the mites love the thick, thick secretions. That of course they, they do. Right? Wow. It's okay. just kind of gooey and slime, you know, mm. warm and a happy place for mites to just kind of backstroke around. Okay. So, um, and so the same symptoms um, as you would have with dry eyes, redness of the eyes, typically not red eyelids because mm. this is, this is at the base of the eyelashes, so it's more red eyes, um, uh, fluctuating vision, fatigue, uh, and on computer use. 
um, more like that. Okay. Some people will have tearing. Uh, tearing is at the extreme because the the watery component of the tears that system gets turned on when your eye gets dry enough that it's uh, uncomfortable, or when you're peeling an onion, or when you get sand in your eyes, or when you get that the um, the 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 goop with the mites okay. that's on contact with the eye. So the eye will get irritated enough that it'll try to flood it out. Okay. Or watching a Hallmark movie. Hallmark that movies can me. do it yeah. to some people. To some people, uh, yes. It's not good. Okay. The mites are more common than uh, Hallmark movies. Oh, boy. Right. Good to know. Ask your eye doctor, eye surgeon. Okay. We are going to go to Redmond now. Hilmer is Hilmer. on the line, wants to talk about rapamycin. Hi, Hilmer. All right. Hello, hey, Hilmer. Good morning. Um, yeah, I triggered uh, a question I have about the, the combination of uh, rapamycin and metformin. Uh, I ran across something on the Internet saying that basically they, the two complement each other. And mm-hmm. Dr. Nixon, I, I just assume that you know everything about that. You might have heard about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. I've read all the papers on it. Um and I have some personal experience. But I think you <laughs> so, stopped yours, did you I not? stopped my metformin. I, I have uh, actually been slowly ratcheting up my rapamycin doses again, but uh, I stopped the metformin. Metformin is, is a CERT1 inhibitor, so it has an effect similar to but by a somewhat different mechanism than the rapamycin. And so it... You know, the original data that got us interested in metformin as an anti-aging drug was the fact that it was originally prescribed to type 2 diabetics. It decreases insulin resistance. You need less insulin to help lower your sugars. And so it's been a, a diabetes drug since the 1950s, early 60s. Um, but type 2 diabetics tend to die much younger than other people with cardiovascular disease. And what they found was uh, diabetics that were taking metformin not only did not die younger, on average they lived longer than the average American lifespan. Wow. And so people started saying, now wait a minute. Eye-opening data. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're, you're giving people a drug that not only keeps the keeps them from dying on schedule, but actually makes them live longer than other folks that aren't on it. Mm. So we started looking at why, and it turns out it is a CERT1, sertrin one uh, uh, inhibitor, and that's the same thing that, that rapamycin does. The downsides of, of uh, metformin are it significantly interferes with your absorption of all of the B vitamins. And Low B vitamin levels can end up with neuropathies, fuzzy thinking, you know, memory issues, uh, low energy, fatigue. And uh, people can, can end up with everything from peripheral neuropathies and paresthesias, etc. Now, in most folks, you can overcome that by simply ratcheting way up your dose of B vitamins. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if, the, if the metformin keeps you from absorbing it as effectively... You put in two, three, four times as much, you're still going to drive enough into the body that they don't get deficient in the B vitamins. Um, 
I keep my B vitamin level in the upper one-third of the normal range. I don't go for massive doses, but I measure my Bs every three or four months, and I, I stay in that range of uh, about 800 to 1,000 sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> but, is, that, is that the B12 you're talking about, or is it the whole range? Yeah, no, it's just the B12. B12 is kind of a marker for the rest of them simply because the... They're all absorbed by this very similar mechanism. So if you're absorbing the B12, you're probably absorbing the others too. And if you want to measure things like the B2, you can do it, but it costs a whole lot more. The single test for B2 is like $280, whereas the B12 is done so commonly they can ratchet it through for about 10 bucks. So <laughs> I just measure the 12. Um, so, yeah, I stayed with the rapamycin. I stopped the metformin just because it seemed redundant. And the thing that I'm doing with my rapamycin that many folks are not doing is I'm still doing the desatinib and quercetin periodically. Uh, and that's because the best longevity studies are with the senescent cell therapy, with the desatinib. Um with the rapamycin, the longevity in the animals is dose-related. The higher the dose you use, the longer they tend to live. And But even the highest dose is about a 20 to 22% increase in lifespan. Whereas with the desatinib, we are getting studies that are showing a 36% increase in lifespan. Because the desatinib does a much better better job of knocking down the senescent cells. Rapamycin decreases the production of senescent cells, lets your immune system continue to clear them. It enhances your immune system, so you do a better job of clearing them. But the desatinib kills them, bang, in a matter of days. <laughs> and so, so periodically, I go through and lower my senescent cell load with the desatinib, and then I've used the rapamycin as a CERT1 inhibitor and to slow the reproduction of uh, new senescent cells. Because it looks like a part of the extended lifespan with the rapamycin is indeed the lower senescent cell load that people tend to have with it. Does that... Well, meanwhile, aren't you suppressing the, your immune... In both cases, aren't, aren't they both immune suppressant? No, drugs? actually, they're, it, it's a dose-related phenomenon. If you raise the rapamycin to high enough levels, you will suppress both CERT 1 and 2. If you suppress CERT 2, now you are suppressing the immune response. So you want to suppress CERT 1 without interfering in a significant degree with CERT 2. Okay. On the other hand, the senescent cells are a net negative for anyone over about 25. Um, <clears throat> The impact of senescent cells on cancer prevention is that uh, senescent cells help prevent cancers from growing as fast. And so they are cancer protective to in low levels. But once you cross a threshold, the senescent cells actually inhibit your, your anti-cancer immune response. And so... When, when senescent cells build up too high, what happens is you start actually promoting cancers. You start forming new cancers, you promote the growth of cancers, and you inhibit your immune system from finding and killing malignant cells. 
So what, we, what we're trying to do is to say, okay, look, when it comes to senescent cells, young people, 15 to 18, 20-year-olds, they form senescent cells, but not as fast as we older folks. But they kill them very quickly. The average senescent cell in an 18-year-old will be destroyed by your immune response in less than a day. So you form them, you kill them, you get rid of them very quickly. Older people, because we tend to be fatter and have less muscle mass and have less active lifestyles, we don't exercise as much, we form senescent cells much faster because working muscle decreases senescent cell formation. The more muscle you've got, the more frequently intensely it's, it's exercised, the lower your senescent cell load will be and the better your immune response will be. Because we old folks have all of those deficits, we don't have as much muscle, we don't work it as hard, we don't work it as often, and we tend to be fatter. And fat increases senescent cell load. High blood sugars increase senescent cell load. So older folks are forming senescent cells three, four, five times as as fast as young people. And their immune system doesn't kill them as fast. Young people will kill a senescent cell in, a, in the first day of existence. You're 60. On average, your senescent cells are each going to live about two and a half to three weeks before you get around to killing them. So you're making them many times faster, and they're living many times longer. So you get a logarithmic rise. You'll end up with senescent cell loads in older people 50, 60 times higher than young people. But three, three days of desatinib and quercetin will lower your senescent cell load by about one-third, about 30% decrease. And so we lower it in by 30% the first week. We give you four days to recover. We lower it by another 30% the second week. Okay, But now we're lowering it 30% of 70%. And now that gets us down to about 50%. The third week, we'd lower it about 30% of the 50%, which gets you down to about 30%. So you now have about one-third of the senescent cell load you had three weeks ago. Does that mm. make sense to yeah, you? Now, yeah, how, how's maintenance look? Well, How rapidly do they reform that, in the average little old fellow like you and me? Yeah, well, you and I are both lean. <laughs> so we don't form it as fast as the average American. The average American is in trouble. Because the average American is... Not overweight to obese. Okay? Yeah. 50% of the American population, over 50, meets the qualifications for obesity. Tragically. And so that increased body fat means they're forming it much faster than us. So the maintenance is kind of iffy because it's going to depend on, on the, individual. the individual's lifespan. Okay, And, and how, how much muscle mass do they have? How much exercise do they get in the common week? What is their body fat percentage? You know? I mean, I'm trying to keep my body fat down around 12 percent. Okay, the average American man is up around 25 to 30 yeah. <laughs> percent. So, so yeah. So I'm not treating myself as often as quarterly, quarterly or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And even then, I may only do it for three days or six days instead of the full nine. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm keeping pretty close watch on my immune response too. Because I was thinking about, I'm already on, on metformin. I've been on metformin for, I don't know, five, six years now. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I was thinking about adding uh, rapamycin 
to it. Um, and after I read that article, I thought, well, if, if one compliments the other, yes. Um, and uh, but I'm not going into the uh, the extended thing like you're talking about the detachment that been there. I mean, that's just like that's way out there. Uh, I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, See, I uh, think I, was, I, was just, I, I think it's better documented. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but so the rapamycin I, I metformin—it's it, reasonable. Just keep close tabs on your B vitamin levels. All of us, okay? Yeah, I, I take tons of it. I chew vitamin B12 all day long. So anyway, okay. But measure it. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you for your call. Bye-bye. We'll do. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Leading Edge Medicine, taking your calls today. In fact, right now is a great time to get in the queue. We have room for you. Don't wait until the very end of the show. Here's the number. We are live in the studio. It's 800-465-8770. We have Dr. Jerry Mixon and from Northwest Vision Institute, Dr. Michael Gilbert here to take your questions. We're going to take a quick break and we're back with Lee in just a moment. Stay right there. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Don't believe the lie that you have to fall apart at the normal rate and see what your options really are at lmclinic.com. lmclinic.com. Stay tuned for more of the show. Is chronic pain beginning to make your everyday life a challenge? Then consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience in pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. That's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. Yeah, I started about like a year and a half ago. Uh, I started having some sharp pain in my left hip. It's getting tough to climb upstairs, uh, tough to play with the kids. Everybody was kind of pointing towards the same thing of, you know, you had to get a hip replacement. And Dr. Nelson is great about saying, hey, you know, there's there's different types of medicine out there that we can help fix this without surgery. Six to eight weeks later, you start to realize like, oh, I, I can climb a stair. And it was really actually kind of great after that eight week mark, like oh, I can start doing things. So definitely see the results pretty quick. Don't let pain take control of your life. Consider stem cell therapy with Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000. Or you can find Dr. Daniel Nelson online at DanielNelsonMD.com. Living on love. And welcome back. It's Leading Edge Medicine. My name is Lynette Morgan. Glad to be with you this morning, along with Dr. Jerry Mixon. And we have Dr. Michael Gilbert here. And questions about your eyes, your health, aging. And you had a comment, Dr. Mixon, about... Well, yeah. uh, the last call with the rapamycin. Well, last call. We, actually, it was Michael and I were talking during the break about it because the gentleman felt that the you know, satinib was way out there compared to the rapamycin. Actually, they're about equally out there. Mm, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reality is we've got a lot leading of... Leading edge medicine. Yes, edge. leading edge medicine. That's right. That's <laughs> the name of the show, leading edge medicine. We are not talking about conventional, middle of the road, you know, what everybody does. We've got a lot of data on animal data on both of these. There is a paucity of human data in both of these. The rapamycin, uh, we've got, we have good data going back years and people that are taking one and two milligrams a day long term for years because they're taking it 
as an immune suppressant. But that's about 14 milligrams a week, you know, two milligrams a day every day. At that dose, they are getting some immune suppression. And that's the idea. They want to suppress the immune response because these are people that have had transplants. They have somebody else's kidney in their body, somebody else's lung in their body, somebody else's, you know, whatever in their body. So you're trying to suppress the rejection phenomena. Okay. What we don't have is much data, human data on lifespan because it's not been approved for that. And so you know, studies are still in the works and they're, they're, they tend to be ad hoc. What happens is a lot of people are using it. They're reporting to each other on the internet. There are, there are basically, uh, uh, I'm not sure what you call them, families on the internet, uh, places you can go where there's rapamycin discussions and everybody that is using it tells what they're doing and what their responses have been thus far. Um, and that's basically our human data. Dasatinib, on the other hand, Mayo Clinic is doing human trials and publishing their results. Mm. So I've got human data to specifically to lower the load of senescent cells coming out of organizations such as Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic and large research institutions around the world. So I've actually got better human data with the dasatinib and quercetin than I do on rapamycin for anything except transplant rejection. So if I was going to say which one is further out there, I'd say rapamycin has less human data. And we're actually in a better position to know what's going on with the dasatinib right now. But both are on the leading edge. Both are on the leading edge medicine. You got it. Yeah. All right. Wonderful question. Good discussion. All right. We have a Dr. Dr. Michael Gilbert question here. Lee in Tacoma. Morning, Lee. Would like to talk to you about eyes. Hi, Lee. Um, I'd like to know, um, I had surgery with Dr. Gilbert couple years ago probably now okay. and um once in a while my eye has a little yellow tinge and i have an ache in that is that i is that normal well i so often i've heard jerry uh say that um uh it i it's hard to see through the radio <laughs> Right. To take yeah, a look, and either. ophthalmology is an extremely visual science, not to be not to be flipped. Right. Um, so I'm I'm having to um, to think about the most likely causes of those two. First of all, neither of which would be related to your surgery, almost certainly. However, right. The most common reason for the yellow tinge is a degeneration of the conjunctival tissue or the subconjunctival tissue. It has a name. It's called a pinguecula. And that degenerative tissue is accelerated by UV light exposure and dry eyes. Oh, wait, dry eyes. That would explain the ache and the discomfort. So if I had to yeah. guess, if just trying to put it all together with the two symptoms you you described, the presentation, I suspect right. this has more to do with the dryness and the yellowing is a long-term consequence of either UV or UV plus 
that uh, that dryness. Uh, that can't be uh, that can't be reversed, but you can uh, stop the progression of it. So um, we should take a look and see what exactly is causing okay. the dryness, and uh, and, yeah, and I, see if we can't reverse and put an end to that. Okay, so I will call Monday and make an appointment to see you. Good, and uh, and remind yeah. me about the yellow because I can then show you because as you, as you remember, all of my microscopes have video cameras and displays so that I can show you that yellow with magnification so okay. we can actually see what it is. I'll bet you it is that degenerative change from your dry eyes causing the aching. Okay. No. Okay. UV That's rays treatable. Is, is it, uh, should I be wearing dark glasses all the time I'm outside? Because my eyes are really porous and they let in a lot of sun and I squint a lot. Um, So the the quick answer to your question is yes. The careful answer is it turns out that the ultraviolet, the damaging rays, are in the invisible spectrum. Darkness of the glasses is not important whatsoever. You can put a UV-blocking coating on crystal clear glasses, no tint, and be equally protected against the UV light as you are with, quote, dark glasses, like glacier glasses. Um, both of them need the UV protection for it to to um, avoid the disadvantages, the damaging rays uh, of the sun. So it's not how dark and, they are. Okay, because okay. I thought they had to be dark. But, but I don't know that you were trying to make that point. Wearing some kind of, quote, sunglasses, yeah. which doesn't necessarily imply dark, uh, but they are protective even if they aren't dark, as long as they're blocking UV. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Someone told me the other day I'd be wearing these glasses, dark glasses, outside in the sun all the time, and I don't like wearing glasses too much. But um, what about that? The ache I wake up with in the morning. I it, the, I could have it all day, but I it's just a dull ache, and okay. when I get busy, I don't think about it. I look forward to uh, taking a look at you, and and the reason okay. is. We, here's here's why. The most common reason for what you described, it's very common, it's a little strange, it sounds creepy, but it is possible that you sleep with one or both eyes cracked open. The um, the yeah. sometimes it's how you how you sleep uh, sleep with a hand or on a shoulder or how you inter you know, interface with the pillow. There can be just a little micro distortion to the eyelid enough that air gets to it. People who sleep with CPAP masks uh, sometimes the muscles in the eyelid as we age just lose some of their tone, and when you're totally relaxed, the eye doesn't close 100 percent of the time. If that's true at night then you get a little bit of air exposure and the number one symptom is you go to bed not so you know fairly comfortable but when you wake up the eyes are uncomfortable and there are a couple of things we can do the simplest is you have to put a little eye ointment in people will say i put drops in nope i can now use gel nope has to be ointment because anything that's water-based will evaporate overnight by that exposure and not protect you all night long 
And so putting it, first of all, we make the diagnosis. And that's fairly easy with um, uh, being able to look in the microscope. We should be able to see evidence of that uh, overnight damage. Because the next day when you come in to see me, I will see the damaged tissue from you sleeping overnight with your eyes open. Ah. Okay. Yep. Make an early appointment. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I can see it all day long. That's right. That's why you said it's it remains irritated. That's and right. that's because that yeah. tissue that got damaged overnight doesn't heal the next morning. So I can tell that it's damaged in a pattern that reveals the, the uh, cause of it. All right. Hey, Lee, we've got to run to a break. Thank you for your call. Okay. We'll yes, be back with so more. Much. You bet. We'll be back with more Leading Edge Medicine in just a moment. Stay right there.